welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. We have finally a good, high-quality Thursday night matchup. Rams-Seahawks. Uh, the spread has moved in the Rams' direction as road favorites. Started off the week at minus one, moved out to two and a half. Kevin, how are you kind of approaching this game from a spread and total perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think at minus one, maybe you could have said that there was a little bit of value on the Rams, but, you know, we're going between the threes here, right? So it's not like it's that big of a deal to have moved out that far. Um, I think I'm more just going to enjoy the the game on this one. I mean, the Rams offense, even though they lost to the Cardinals last week, they still played pretty well as far as their success rate. They were able to move the ball. Uh, they had an unfortunate fumble from Sony Michelle. They didn't attempt a bunch of fourth downs, fake sharp uh, Sean McVay, right. who right. does not take advantage of these things, uh, held them back there. So I, I'm not really uh, cooling on their offense. And I think that's an important aspect because the Seahawks defense is, again, is something I'm not really believing in at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that, including including the Sean McVay sh- uh, fake sharp comment. I think there's no, no more accurate description except for maybe with Cliff Kingsbury, but I think everyone yeah. knows he's already fake sharp. I do think Sean McVay has a little bit um, more under-the-radar tendencies to, in that regard, but we will see. So it is kind of interesting, 54.5 point total. Uh, Greenland actually shows us a little bit of value on this total, second highest of the weekend. Do you think this could be a little bit more of a defensive struggle? Of course, uh, primetime games have been going over at a very high high rate to start the season. How are you kind of evaluating this Rams offense uh, given, you know, how well they played in week three um, and then, you know, didn't necessarily, you know, live up to the expectations of Arizona in week four. What, what week are you buying into more or do you think uh, they're still probably better than what the market gives them credit for? Yeah, I think that might be a little bit better than what the market gives them credit for. The thing is those first few weeks, they were hitting on a lot of the explosive plays Uh, in particular, some third down plays, and they just didn't hit those as much last week. But like I said, from a success rate perspective, if you're just judging each play and saying, were they gaining expected points on the plays or not, a percentage of plays, it was still pretty high. I think it was over 50% in that game. So it wasn't that different than prior games. They just weren't getting those splash plays. So the real... Rams offense, I think, falls somewhere in between, which is still a top offense, probably at least a top 10 offense. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that. And we have, you know, we have them 10th overall in our opponent just offense grade, 6th overall for the Seahawks, kind of like you touched on just a little bit. uh, Seahawks obviously have the worst unit in this matchup, 19th overall defensive ranking. And I think that's actually uh, maybe just a little bit high on them at this point. We have, um, you know, we have their coverage unit, middle of the pack, basically pass rush, 21st overall. Um, So I think, I don't know, I still think there's, defense is worse than what our rankings have maybe even caught up to uh, right now, but I don't mind leaning toward the under just with the fact that, um, you know, there is still some element of, you know, short week, how productive are these offenses going to be? Obviously, a lot of that is already baked into uh, the market, but we'll see how it's going to play out tomorrow. So what are you kind of seeing uh, more so from a props perspective? We do have a few uh, high-value plays on PFS player props tool. Uh, Is there any that are kind of jumping out to you immediately? Yeah, you know, it looks like there's value showing here on the under for receptions. Uh, Daryl Henderson at 2.5. It's 
uh, minus money is strongly to the over side. So the under shows a little bit of value here. I mean, the thing with Henderson is he is operating as that workhorse type of back when he's been in, but he's also had injury problems and hasn't really shown that he can hold up to the punishment. And I'm also not sure last week how much of Henderson's domination of the backfield was about that being the specific game plan or the fact that Sony Michelle fumbled uh, in that game. So I don't know. I think there's possibility for that one to go under or for Henderson's production to be a little bit underwhelming. If they have a, a game where they can control the ball running it, they don't have to pass it as much. And maybe they do mix in a Michelle because I don't think Henderson is a guy who's going to hold up to that, to that workhorse type of role that they're trying to put him into, but who knows that they could try to force him into that for another week. You know, he's only about 200 pounds. He's not a very big back. Right. Yeah, I do. And I do think it is interesting because that is our highest value underplay Daryl Henderson to go under receptions yards. One of our highest overplay is for him to go over his carries, right? 14 and a half point uh, line on that prop number. Uh, mm-hmm. He has gone. He has gone over in two or three matchups. I think week one, his line was at 12 and a half, went over that by six at 16 week two against the Colts 16 and a half uh, opening went down to 14 and a half closing missed that by one and a half carries he was at 13 uh, in that week two matchup missed week three of course then week four uh, got 14 carries went over his 13 point closing time do you think uh, it's a spot kind of like you said if the Rams are up that you would lean more toward his over 14.5 rushing carries or you still think uh, the better play is probably going under on his receptions yeah I think the better I mean I'm going to lean towards taking an under rather than taking an over and what's interesting about the Rams offenses last year they really didn't throw much to the running backs at all they've upped it a little bit more this year Henderson caught a ton of balls last week but that's when they were playing from behind pretty much the entire game so I don't necessarily see that game script playing out again I think maybe that's the reason why the reception number we have it as you know a little bit lower at least than where the market has it priced yeah, I like that quite a bit. So another one that we really like, Matthew Stafford to go over 2.5 passing touchdowns, plus 145, plus 140 price. Uh, he has gone over the, he has gone over his passing touchdown prop at least three or four weeks. Didn't go over last week. Uh, finally has had 2.5 passing touchdowns the last two weeks. Uh, week one and week two was at 1.5. So the market's kind of corrected on overall on his, you know, new look Rams offense, how he's kind of fit into that basically seamlessly to start. Do you like him to potentially go over uh, passing touchdowns tonight, or do you kind of think this is more uh, going to be a slower game script, leaning more toward unders, like you said, in general? No, no, I, I like that to go over. I think it'll be a quickly played game. Uh, you know, we kind of have Rams versus Rams offensive coordinator from, from right. last year and Shane Waldron, so I think they'll be playing fast. I could have sworn you were going to go with Matthew Stafford over four and a half rushing yards because right. I know how much you love uh, immobile <laughs> quarterback over rushing props. I do, I do, and the, the, but the things that I look for in it aren't really uh, reflective of what's being put out there for the Seahawks defense, right? Like I'm looking for a guy, I'm looking for our defenses who, even if they're not necessarily forcing a lot of pressure, they're at least blitzing at a high rate, right? And the, and the Seahawks are basically league average in pressure rate through the first four weeks of the season, uh, and 24th overall, 23rd overall in blitz rate, um, and they have been a little bit cold for me now in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately. So I'm, I was maybe considering taking a step back, but everyone kind of put pushes me in that direction to the point where I almost have to take him. So I mean, I'll probably ride with Matthew Stafford. I'll probably ride with Matthew Stafford again. I just need, I need like an easy Sam Darnold type layup from me again, but I haven't gotten it yet on a primetime matchup. So I mean, if you're not sweating 
end of half, end of game kneel downs, then right. I really well, just don't know what you're doing with your life. Right. I've been I've been sweating out more of the interception over under <laughs> 0.5 props, like like Derek Carr on uh, Monday night, basically throwing one with like two minutes left in the game, two and a half minutes left. It's just it's a heartbreaking one play swing, but uh, it's what I live for at this point, I guess. So we will see. But I don't know. So how are you kind of playing uh, some of the Rams pass catchers, either from a props perspective or in showdown? Right. We do have a lot of guys that we kind of like to go under the reception total. Uh, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson. We do like Cooper Cup to potentially go over uh, his reception total. How are you kind of seeing these target shares uh, divvied up on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're, when we're talking about showdowns, so we have, you know, how much they're rostered is a big factor there. So the psychology, not just of the sports book, but of the players. I think this Robert Woods squeaky wheel narrative is like blaringly loud, at least from what I'm hearing there. So I'm going to fade that basically. I'm going to say, you know what? I bet a lot of people are going to say, hey, Robert Woods, if you look at, I mean, let's look at his captain salary on here. It's 11,400. Cooper Cup is 18,600, oh right? Uh, Van Jefferson is, is also pretty, is a lot, is a little bit cheaper at 7,200, but the, the, the Delta between Woods and Jefferson is closed dramatically. So if anything, I would maybe say, you know what, people are going to be playing this, uh, uh, Woods squeaky wheel. Maybe I'll look at someone like Van Jefferson for that, for that purpose. Cooper cup had a bad game last week. Maybe even at that massive salary, he'll be a little bit under rostered versus what his optimal number is. So I think that's how I'm going to end up playing it, but who knows, maybe I'm like, maybe I need to go one step further and assume everyone assumes that everyone else is going to be doing the squeaky wheel. And then they don't go with Robert Woods. So this is, this is the mental gymnastics that I'm, that I'm looking through right now. Yeah, definitely. That's the game theory element, right? You never know what level you actually want to be on, whether you want to be on level one, level two, <laughs> level three, or then if you get all the way back to level four, then you're basically back to level one. So it is kind of uh, an interesting dynamic balancing act. That's for sure. I do think I do think Robert Woods will probably be just a little bit over rostered. And I yeah. agree with you. I do think Cooper Cup uh, at the high, high salary, especially given the fact that you won't be able to fit in, you know, both quarterbacks in this mm-hmm. matchup with Cooper Cup as um, a captain, you know, as your captain and showdown rosters, I do think he is kind of maybe even going to be a little bit under rostered. So I definitely agree with you on that. But I'm a little nervous. I want to go back to this Van Jefferson thing because I do like him going under his receptions. Don't mind him really going under his receiving yards as well. Um, it's a spot where, you know, he has been, you know, a little bit high average up the target guy. I think he's like at 14.6 on the season. Uh, also similar role to Deshaun Jackson. I do think maybe he could be giving... Um, giving just a little bit of a snap percentage away to Deshaun Jackson the further we get into the season. Do you think that's uh, potentially going to play out? I know I do know his under 3.5 receptions has moved from plus 104 to minus 115 uh, on Wednesday. Uh, do you think he's going to be as involved? Do you, do you like him as kind of a showdown play? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, when we look at, I mean, let's just look at last week. So as far as the percentage of routes, run they were almost equal woods is at 85 percent van jefferson was at 83 percent they both got 14.6 percent of the targets cooper cup again cooper cup so this is why i kind of like cup too he still got almost 32 percent of the targets he just didn't right, pay right. off so yeah, there's 15 nothing targets or something right it's yeah yeah so there's there's nothing to be scared now. about at all from him from that perspective i mean Woods still has you know almost a 19 percent target share on the season versus only a little bit over 13 percent for jefferson but as long as they're out there and running the same number 
of routes. It does seem like Jefferson is maybe a little bit closer to Woods than than some others believe. So I'm gonna, I'm going to stick with that at least for one more week, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get felled by the squeaky wheel. You never know. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 in any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Week 4 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest graded players from week four and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for week five. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. I don't mind it, but I uh, I do definitely agree fading that narrative. How are you kind of approaching uh, the Chris Carson dilemma at this point? He obviously has some sort of neck injury. Some reports are saying he's going to be okay, able to play. Others more cautious at this time. Uh, what what scenario what scenarios are you kind of going through from a showdown perspective? If Chris Carson plays, if he doesn't play, are you going to be fading him? Um, if he does play, is there a guy that you kind of like if he doesn't play? Yeah, I think I'm going to be fading him if he does play, even if he does play, only because we saw he was somewhat limited this last week. Alex Collins looks pretty good, too. You know, he I don't think there's a huge difference. I mean, hashtag running backs don't matter on this one here. He's (laughs) looking pretty good. All of that. um, What was he doing, like Irish folk dancing or whatever they always talk about with him? Whatever he's doing, it's working. So I I wouldn't be surprised on a short week. You combine all those things together. Like, are you just not going to necessarily get the ceiling from Carson because he's not being used in the passing game much at all? And I don't think he has a ceiling outcome when it comes to uh, rushing too, because why are you going to want to pound the guy uh, if you're if you have a lead and use him over right. and over again to extend it if you get into that situation? So I think I will be um, fading him. I'll be giving a little bit of love to Collins potentially, uh, especially if he's not playing, because uh, there's a pretty big drop to the rest of the uh, running back group there in Seattle. So you're not a DJ Dallas fan, it sounds like, right? Well, it's I mean, possible. Travis Homer, more of a Travis Homer Travis guy. Homer, but, yeah. More of a Travis Homer, yeah. More of a Homer guy. It makes yeah. sense, I guess. No, I mean, I do think, you know, we're obviously going to see Alex Collins' uh, roster ship skyrocket if Chris Carson is out. Do you think he's maybe a viable player or even a better approach if Chris Carson is indeed active? Or do you yes. think he's probably, um, you know, obviously he's from a game theory perspective, right? Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, be yeah. Much lower rostered at that point. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's much better. I think there's, you know, even if Carson is active, there's some chance that he barely plays. You know, although I don't know if you're going to necessarily waste one of your active spots 
on a running back who's not going to play, but there's a chance right. that he gets injured early. We're talking about a neck injury too, which yep. seems a little, you know, finicky. It's not like something that's binary. Like you have a twisted ankle or you don't have a twisted ankle. It's probably just right. like a pain <laughs> threshold type of situation. So that could flare up at any point. So yeah, no, I would definitely think that, that he's a better play if Carson is in there because you're going to get the leverage with him being a little bit uh, lower roster ship for him. I like it. I like it quite a bit. So one more question. We got, obviously, uh, the Seahawks uh, pass catchers, right? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. uh, DK Metcalf, 5.5 receptions. We kind of like the under at plus 113 on our prop tool. And, you know, Tyler Lockett, similar setup. He is at 5.5 receptions as well, but he has a plus 110 to the over. Uh, How are you kind of evaluating these two? Who do you think gets the majority of the targets here on Thursday? And do you think either of them are, you know, viable captain or flex spots uh, in showdown? Yeah, you know, after the hot start to the season for Tyler Lockett, especially on those explosive plays, um, the targets have really been going to uh, Metcalf more than Lockett. So I'm not sure how this defense is going to approach things. You know, you have Jalen Ramsey in this new role where he's kind of all over the place. And he seems like... Uh, a situation where moving him around and matching him against DK would be the way to go. And the way that Russell has played in the past, I'm not saying this will continue to the future, but the way he's played in the past is I think he shows some degree of conservatism when that happens, when you have a matchup. I mean, we've seen this against the, against the Rams last year in the past against DK and, and Jalen, where he'll just won't even look at DK in those situations. And he'll just want a pre-plan to go somewhere else with the ball. So if that ends up happening, maybe you have an opportunity here to fade DK and then go back to lock it. I'm not sure if you're going to get the, the over the top balls against this, you know, two shell defense that they like to play, but it could be a Tyler Lockett 10 plus target type of game. And that's what I would hope for. Yeah, definitely. And we kind of need it, right? Tyler Lockett's yes. basically been over on his uh, reception prop only once this year. Week two had eight against Tennessee, basically finished under outside of that. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf has been under as well outside of the Vikings game. So they've kind of been struggling to at least get over. I do agree with you. I think if you're getting that plus price on DK Metcalf to go under 5.5 receptions, I like that play more than Tyler Lockett going over. But I do think probably both uh, could potentially be a, a little bit of a viable option here if you're looking to bet some player props on Thursday night. But this was great. Kevin, I appreciate you always hopping on with me, talking about some showdown action. We got you know a number of good prop opportunities. Make sure you're checking out the player props tool. Get on Kevin's great showdown article that's going to be out first thing Thursday morning uh, and get ready for this primetime action game that we got tonight. It's going to be a good one. So from Ben Brown, joined by Kevin Cole, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF betting podcast.